Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And we are live, Rangers fans. Thank you all so much for being here for another episode here at Rangers Review. If you're watching this live on YouTube, thank you for being here, guys. And if you're listening to this on replay, whether that's on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, thank you for being here also. Really appreciate it. Steven, it's been a couple weeks since last time we made an episode and spoke. A lot of things have changed since then. I can see that the scenery behind you has changed also. So if you'd like to share what's been going on with you lately, please do. And then we're going to jump yeah. right into this episode because there's a reason why a lot of people are in here already discussing not just Jack Eichel, but a plethora of topics regarding the New York Rangers leading into this offseason with the expansion draft coming up. Maybe we can touch it slightly on the normal draft. I think we can still wait another episode for that and so much more. But Stephen, what's been up with you, my friend? Uh, oh, moving, of course. As as some of you know, I relocated from Austria to Ireland. Um, they put me up in temporary housing for the first couple of weeks, which was great. But found found a place now for, for myself. Um, the movers dropped off all my stuff yesterday. So I spent the last eight days unboxing 89 boxes. Um, Only 89? Those are weak numbers. 89. I, I'm surprised I have that much that much stuff, to be honest. Um, and, and a solid 85% of that is Rangers related. Uh, there, there's a lot of hockey memorabilia in there, yeah. Um, I had a friend helping me out, and he opened a box with all the pucks and the gloves and the helmets, and he's like, Dude, what's this? I'm like, well, let me let me tell you the story. Um, no, but, um, yeah, uh, putting my furniture together. It's just nice sleeping in my own bed again, watching – Watching games on my own TV. Uh, watched the um, South African rugby game today. Uh, they just finished like five minutes ago. South Africa beat the British and Irish Lions. Uh, it's like a series that's played every like every four years. They travel to New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. So they play South Africa once every 12 years. So it's, it's a pretty big deal. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but now, of course, there's a lot of hockey to discuss. And we haven't even made it to the expansion draft yet. So. I know, I know. I feel like we're about to get smacked with this wave of just like, okay, off-season time, we're going to handle it all at once. And that's yeah. been the case, I think, for everyone kind of getting adjusted now. The Tampa Bay Lightning, as we know, Ryan McDonough, former captain, is going to be Stanley, is a Stanley Cup winner for the second time. Back-to-back, happy for Ryan, happy for Tampa. Um, I was rooting for Tampa Bay over the Habs just because of the whole Ryan McDonough connection more than anything else. Um, I know that people, you know, gripe about the salary cap and this and that, but all in all, I want Ryan McDonough down to win so if he's gonna be in the playoffs rest assured i'm cheering for him so happy for tampa lightning wishing them the best but outside of that i just want to say thank you all so much to everyone that's currently in the live stream as we are doing this live appreciate all you guys see I, i'm not even going to list everyone's name because we have so many but i recognize plenty of you rest assured but guys let's just jump into exactly why you probably are chiming into this live stream now and we'll take up the bulk of this episode of rangers review it's something that's been going on easily for Months now, we have discussed this. I feel like this is a reoccurring topic, but things have definitely started to pick up steam. I feel I've seen numerous reports over the past week and a half to really uh, insinuate that with the future of Jack Eichel and a decision on a trade is looming. So, Stephen, why don't you fill me in a little bit, maybe on something that I'm not aware of, from all I know is that there have been plenty of articles that have been coming out, reports from various um 
uh, ways, whether it's left or right, and saying that Jack Eichel, the Rangers are looking like, if not the favorite, then definitely one of the favorite, and we may very well find out a decision within the next coming weeks. So what's your kind of stance on that right now? I know that we all know how we kind of feel about Jack Eichel. If you guys don't know, we've talked about it so many times on the channel already. We see the positives to the situation, and we surely see the negatives also. So, Stephen, fill me in a little bit further. What is all the talk with Jack Eichel right now, specifically with the New York Rangers? But, um, I think we reached a point now where we know the Buffalo Sabres are not going to get what they want for Jack Eichel. Correct, um, and that, that felt inevitable. Yeah. Um, if you look at the teams that have been linked with him, the Boston Bruins, they don't really have high-end prospects that you can build around. Um, you have the Anaheim Ducks, but I'm 99% sure that Trevor Zegras and Jamie Drysdale are off-limits. Then you have the LA Kings. I'm I'm 99% sure that Quentin Byfield's off limits. So for the Rangers to trade for Jack Eichel, they don't have to give up the farm. You know, they don't have to compete with teams that are giving up better players than, let's say, uh, this this is a package I've I've mentioned several times before. A package of Bojnevich, Hedl, Robertson, and a first round pick. I yep. think if the Rangers put that package together, it's going to be really hard for other teams. To, to put together a better package unless they include their, their top prospects. And teams are not doing that anymore. Now, GMs know how valuable those first entry-level contract years are, especially with a flat cap. Teams are not are – not trade. you won't see another Martin Erat for Philip Forsberg trade anymore. It's just not going to happen. It shouldn't um, happen. It shouldn't happen. Then again, there was a general manager who gave up uh, Caleb Jones and a third-round pick for a 37-year-old Duncan Keith. So, and, and I do want us to touch on that after we talk about the Rangers' connection with yeah. Eichel because they do go in hand. Yeah, um, but if you look at if you look at the, at the other teams that are linked to Eichel, the Rangers don't have to include players like Kako, Lafreniere, Fox, Shostjorkin. I would even put Miller and, and Lundqvist in that category. If they would include, a, uh, I think the, the best prospect they, they would probably include is maybe Kravtsov, who would be definitely, he would be behind the players I just mentioned um, on, on the Rangers' depth chart in terms of young up-and-coming players. Um, it, it shouldn't be the package that the, that Sabres players want. And um, for me, the package that the Rangers gave up for Rick Nash in 2012 is a very good comparable Yes, Ike was a couple of years younger, but you only get five years of him under contract. Whereas the Rick Nash deal in 2012, you get six years of Rick Nash. And Butchnevich, Hedl, Robertson is, I think, a better package than Dubinsky and Nisimov Erickson in 2012. The first round pick is similar. I think in 2012 it was 19th. This time it's 15th overall. So that's a wash. Um, I think it's a good a good return for, for Buffalo. It's probably the best they're going to get. Um, but if you look at a team like the Minnesota Wild, they have to be in play now for Jack Eichel as well. They have to be. There's, there's no other reason to to buy out not just not just one big player, but two. They buy out both Zach Parise and Ryan Suter's contract. And the Minnesota Wild have to do something. They have to go into win-down mode. They're on the clock now because ownership is going to pay these, these two players for the next eight years without them being on the team. I would expect the owners to want something in return. They want to finally, you know, do something in the playoffs. I've always referred to the Minnesota Wild as a side salad when you have a steak dinner. You know, 
they're the side salad of the NHL. Yes, they're part of the league, but they're never bad enough to have to to really dislike them. They're never good enough to get excited about. You know, they're they're always middle of the pack, always. They yeah. never suck enough to get a high draft pick. Um, but yeah, they have other. Of course, they also have the Caprizo situation, which is a bit of a mess. But if you're going to buy out two of those players, the cap relief you get in year one, especially. You have to do something with it. I think they can make an Eichel trade work cap-wise. Victor Ross coming off the books next year, which is also another $4 million. Can't tell, but it's probably not going to have uh, a long future there with Capo Kakon and in goal for them. Um, I think Minnesota right now is the front runner for Jack Eichel. See, that's an interesting take. And before we go there, because I have a lot I need to say on this matter, I just want to thank 74JDB for the $5 donation in the chat. He, like you, for the large portion of this past half year, has not been in favor of Eichel versus going all in on him. He says, and I quote, I'm sick of this Eichel BS. Keep the first-round pick in hopes to draft Mason McTavish, sign Zidane Chara, and beg John Scott to come out of retirement. Those are <laughs> That's a very interesting thought, I must say. I don't necessarily agree with all that, especially the John Scott. Scott part, but no less, I understand the natural concerns that come with a guy like Jack Eichel. And I want to segue into the Minnesota connection right now, because as, if you guys don't know, know by now, there have been plenty of reports stating that the Rangers are looking like the favorite. It's been between the Rangers and the Anaheim Ducks. I've seen a lot of rumors about as of late, too. And really the urgency from Buffalo to just get a deal done at this point. It seemed like originally they were trying to stand firm, kind of hold their ground, if you will, to get a you would assume a sizable uh, type of deal, but between the Rangers who have already shown interest in Eichel over the past month and have been for the past year now that have recently touched in with the Sabres. And then they were looking to try to get the medical records from Sabres. And originally they were um, not doing so because they know that Eichel, he has some serious injuries right now. And it'll be interesting to see if he's going to able to somehow not avoid surgery or not. I haven't done my complete homework on that. So that's something that is yet to be seen. But no less, the Minnesota connection is now fun because one, you have Ryan Suter. I don't know about you, Stephen. I think you and I can attest to this, though, that Ryan Suter would be exactly what the Rangers could use on a short-term deal on that left side. As we know, the Rangers going into the offseason have been reported multiple times that they would like to add themselves a top four, top six defenseman. And while it would be perfect to really have all the youngsters in both a Niels Lundqvist on the right side and Zach Jones on the left, realistically enough, you're probably not going to have your entire defense that young. They're still going to want a veteran. They're done with Brendan Smith, it looks like. I don't think Anthony Potato will be coming back. Guys like those. But if you're looking at someone that has still experience and can still bring you plenty of play and eat a plot, so much minutes, it is a guy like Ryan Suter. So get him on a short-term deal. Again, that will be interesting because I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in him after being bought out. But keep him in mind. But, yes, Minnesota it has been reported, I believe, from Darren Dreger yesterday that Minnesota is going to be giving an offer for either him or Elliot Freeman is going to be giving an offer for the likes of Jack Eichel. But the Kaprizov situation is kind of fun because I know you tweeted this earlier how Kaprizov apparently turned down a deal. I believe it was eight mil per year over uh, nine, nine, million, nine million a year for eight years. Okay, so the other way around. And he wants yeah. things short term because he feels he can very well be a 10 plus million dollar player. So I perfectly yeah, I mean, understand that. He's, he's, he's right. He's correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I don't blame him for feeling this way. But again, it's just Minnesota. They're trying to work their franchise around this guy. They just brought him finally after all these years of waiting. And it only takes one year for uh, Kirill to realize, you know what? I don't have anything going on around me. So that's why, one, they want to be adamant about Eichel the best way they can to try being a win-now stage right now. And two, 
You know, he has, I've even seen reports about the possible threat of going back to Russia. Granted, I don't think that's yeah. going to happen, but no less, he really has a lot of control in the situation. So that shows the adamancy, even then some on wanting to land a guy like Eichel. So the curious question is for the Rangers, if Minnesota comes into play now and they're very much going all in, they do have some very good, solid, young prospects, young talent that they can afford to give up for a guy like Eichel. Whether that hurts them down the road or not, it's a different story. But can the Rangers match that? Sure they could. But if Minnesota really gets desperate here, like if they go the lengths of being like, okay, maybe we'll potentially cough up a Marco Rossi, which in my mind would be awfully foolish, but it's something that they could consider. They have some they have, very, they have Marco Rossi, they have Matthew Boldy. Yes, uh, they have some young, promising Martinez. defensive prospects as well. You know, uh, Ken, Addison, uh, Kill Addison, yeah. who finally made his debut this year, a notable guy as well. Like there are moving parts that Minnesota has to make a deal done that I think could either match what the Rangers currently offer or could get awfully close. Maybe not, won't have the same NHL experience, but you know that for a Sabres team that, again, is going in more so of a direction of rebuild, would like to take on as much of young, coveted assets as they can. So, <laughs> Stephen, kind of my question to you now is, and then I'm going to get on to more donations I see here again. Thank you all so much for that, guys. I really, really appreciate it. What do you think is going to be the end goal here? Do you think that over the next couple of weeks, one, that we will find out a Jack Eichel decision? Because I feel that we're kind of getting closer and closer to that point, especially with the expansion draft coming up, the normal draft, all those things. And two, do you think that the Minnesota uh, the Minnesota Wild are now the team to beat when it comes to actually Jack Eichel in the running? Or do you think that the Rangers are going to very much be in the thick of things, as I currently do at this point in time? But I think the Rangers are still are still one of the favorites. Um, I think Minnesota now, after the buyouts, is a serious candidate. The Rangers are still the favorite. And the beauty of the Rangers being in on Eichel is that they don't have to give up their best players. They don't have to give up their top prospects to get them. And I think Elliot Friedman reported that, you know, the asking price is going to go down in the next couple of days. They want to get it done. I think ideally before July 28th, because that's when his signing bonus is due, I think. Um, unless they already paid the signing bonus, I'm not 100% sure, because there's no real clear uh, communication from the NHL how the signing bonus work this year. Um, but the Rangers are still, are still in it. The question is, what are they going to give up? Are they going to give up uh, players like Lundqvist and Kravtsov and and Miller, or are they, or are they going to give up play, uh, prospects like Jones and Robertson, or maybe Morgan Barron? Either way, out of all the proposals I've seen, Pavel Buchnevich would be the best player in all the proposals that are that are being sent Buffalo's way for Jack Eichel. All the packages I've seen, out of all the players, couple of, uh, of Pavel Buchnevich is the best player in all those packages combined. While so, that, well, I just want to say, while that's true. How how ideal is it for the Sabres to be looking at Butch as maybe like one of the key pieces in that deal? Because if look, if you're downgrading, if you're losing Eichel, which is what is inevitably happening to them, they're going more so in a rebuild, retool, however you would like to call it. But Bucinavich is at a point in his career where he's looking for that long-term contract. And yes, he's a fantastic, really looking like a strong top six winner, but that is not a guy that's going to say, you know, you're trying to build your franchise around or anything. So I, and him being an RFA now too, I just don't see, I guess I just don't see the appeal as much as maybe you do from Buffalo side of things with acquiring a guy like Bucinavich. I get it that you'd be part of the deal. It makes sense. But 
at the same time, it's not like Buffalo is in a point where they are very much on the verge of contention and they are just losing Eichel because things have soured there, which we have seen happen with other teams being playoff worthy, but just haven't had a good connection with a player, whether that's Alain or Dubois, whoever it may be. It's a different scenario here. So would you like to elaborate more on that? Yeah, look, whatever deal they're making, Buffalo is going to lose the trade. Because oh, yeah, I think we can because, all agree on that one. Because they are giving up the best player. Um, I think we uh, we saw a trade a couple of years ago, the Matt Duchesne trade, where Colorado gave up Matt Duchesne, and they got all these all these pieces in return. I think two first round picks, Samuel Gerard, uh, Vladislav Kamenev. Uh, that's one of the rare situations where the team giving up the at that moment best player actually wins the trade. But in general, if you give up the best player in the trade, you lose that trade. Columbus in 2012 lost the Rick Nash trade. And no matter how good Dubinsky and Anisimov did for them, even if they drafted uh, a better player than Kirby Reichel, who is not even an NHL player, they, they gave up Rick Nash and a third-round pick to turn into Buffalo Bushnevich, by the way. Um, they lost that trade, hands down. And the Buffalo Sabres are going to lose this trade. They just need to capitalize on the best offer they can get. The Anaheim Ducks are not going to trade the third overall pick in a package for Jack Eichel. And if look, the problem with Jack Eichel is three things. There's a flat cap. He has a $10 million cap hit. That and does not look any crazy. And he has a serious neck injury. If you remove one of those three... We're talking. We're having. We're talking about a whole different scenario. If there's no salary cap, or if there's no flat cap, you know, if we know the salary cap is going to go up two million a year for the next ten years, fine. You exactly. take on the two million, no problem at all. If Jack Eichel's cap hit is seven million, fine and easy. If Jack Eichel doesn't have the injury, then you're talking about potentially a top five center in the league. He's only 24 years old. You know, I think he's almost a point per game player in his first five, five seasons in the league. He is a top player in the league. And if he's healthy, then it's a no-brainer. But we're not talking about a healthy Eichel. We're not talking about uh, a cap that goes up $2 million every year. We're not talking about Jack Eichel for $7 million a year. We're talking about Jack Eichel, $10 million a year for the next five years with a serious neck injury and a flat cap for God knows how long. Because we can all say, oh, the flat cap's only going to be two more years. Yeah, but you don't know that. We don't know how long this pandemic is going to affect the NHL, and we don't know how long the, the cap's going to stay flat. A worst-case scenario, it stays flat until 2026, which is when the CBA expires. So mm. you cannot bank on that because that's how a lot of these general managers got in this mess in the first place. Because of the flat cap, you've seen buyouts over the last few years that otherwise probably wouldn't have happened. So it sucks for the Buffalo Sabres, but they're not going to get the juicy return that they were expecting. And honestly, when the Rick Nash trade happened nine years ago, has it been nine years? Um, I remember above, uh, Columbus fans thinking they were going to get Chris Kreider and Ryan McDonough and, and Ryan Callahan in a first-round pick. It's, it, aside from the fact that fans never get the return they want, you're also dealing with external factors that the Buffalo Sabres nor Jack Eichel had anything to do with. It's just unfortunate for them. But, yeah. 
I think, um, and I also want to say before we go any further that we have two more donations in the chat. So again, my good friend Dave, uh, Dave Kapowitz, who is the reason why we have this custom Morty mug right here and a bunch of things on the wall. Thank you for that, my friend. And David Walworth, thank you so much for the $10 donation. Appreciate both you guys tremendously tremendously for being here. And Earl Skakel, who's a great friend, absolutely love Earl. Haven't talked to you in a while, but I hope you're doing well, buddy, and everyone else in here. But I want to touch on further on Eichel because it, in my mind, when you talk about it, the first thing that stood out to me is obviously, yes, the Sabres are not losing, are not winning in this situation. It feels awfully reminiscent. Uh, we've tested this before, but Ryan O'Reilly, because Ryan O'Reilly, who during his time with the Sabres was still performing, but was not even happy. This was a guy that was looming retirement because of how what seemed like he was getting himself in a depression of playing in Buffalo. He gets dealt. We all know how that trade happens. He yeah. goes to Honda B, a selfie winner, he, he, and he, then he a Stanley Cup winner the next year. He drove his truck to a Tim Hortons. Yeah. That's I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was was like down, like was like a low val at the lowest value he was he was ever at in his career. And then they trade him for what was it, Berglund, um, Tage Thompson, and Sobotka. Uh, uh, there, there was a uh, one prospect. Uh, why am I blanking on the name? Yeah, I think Tage Thompson was the prospect. So it was Sabotka, Berklund, Tom Thompson, and two draft picks. Yeah, and we know what happened with Berglund. Berglund was almost a similar story. He, it, it just, it just ended uh, with his time there. It just, yeah. it's again, it's unbelievably unfortunate. Like I don't, no one yeah. wishes this on Buffalo. They no. just between between uh, a combination of poor ownership. Um, not having the right people to manage the job here in mm -hmm. Buffalo and having this extended streak, the longest one active in the NHL right now, best playoffs. It just it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and then 12 months later, O'Reilly wins the Conn Smythe and a Stanley Cup, and I think he won a Selkie that season as well. Yep. Uh, it's crazy how fast things can change, but you know O'Reilly wasn't injured. O'Reilly wasn't dealing with a serious neck injury, so – we're not talking about the same scenario here, but the Buffalo Sabres have had their their bad trades in the past. Um, I just don't see a team that can blow the Rangers out of the water unless they give up their top prospects, and I don't see any team doing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. And it was something that original. Again, if this is a J healthy Jack Eichel, and we cannot stress this enough, this isn't even the same conversation. This is to the point where it is not. It is not completely out of the realm it's at all whatsoever, I should say, for the Sabres to be asking for a Lafreniere as like a centerpiece. That isn't off at all if Jack Eichel is fully healthy and there isn't an issue. Do I think the Rangers would do that? No, I would hope that they wouldn't because they shouldn't be giving up their future in that way. But this injury is really the biggest stopping point, halting point for all of us Rangers fans having this. And the cap doesn't help either. But we also would like to mention too, and Tyler with a $2 donation. $2 Thank you for that bite. He says, Buchnevich and the Tony D buyout is about $8 million already uh, for Jack Eichel. So that is a good point to take into consideration too with the assumption that Buchnevich is gone this offseason. And we'll expand on that a little bit further. Again, nothing is for certain. I don't think Buch is just going to be dealt for the sake of being dealt to free up space unless they are, of course, going all in on jack and same thing with tony d buyout that is of course going to be money that the rangers are going to continue to have to pay but it's going to be over a little bit of a longer period of time but no less it's, it's interesting when you look at the situation because the tony d buyout is something that i think we all kind of forgot about for a while because how long ago it was but i do believe yeah. i have seen reports that it looks like it has happened it has just yet to be actually made official so mm -hmm. once that is the case you take that money off the books right now that's more room for them but 
Rangers also have plenty of young young studs that they're going to have be signing outside of Chambers as well. And the future Mika's Banjad, we know that. Again, I'm being a dead horse here. I think we can all realize this by now. But no less, I think we can both agree to kind of wrap up the Jack Eichel talk for now. Maybe we touch on it right at the end of the stream because we have a lot of other things to discuss is that Eichel is going to be dealt. It looks like he very well can be dealt possibly within the next two weeks. And it, if you ask me, I think the Rangers have one of the strongest shots as ever from all these reports. And again, if you're only giving up a Matthew Robertson, if you're going to be giving up other prospects that aren't at most is a Vitaly Kravtsov, which is not something I want them to do. But if he's a centerpiece, I think that's something the Rangers can handle. They just need to get creative with the money because the Buchnevich situation, as I'm talking about now, that actually makes even more sense to get rid of him knowing he's Colonel RFA. He's going to be due for a deal. So even though that Buffalo doesn't necessarily make sense for their long-term outlook, they're at least getting a guy that will help the Rangers side things as long as they reach an agreement to free up some salary. So I think all those things add up. But again, even Kako, I know that there's been reports from Vince McCurgliano, I believe that said that, uh, Kako is not untouchable. I don't. I think you'd have to be a damn fool to even consider the notion of getting rid of Kako in a deal like this. It just there's no there's little to no sense behind it for me. I get it that this club look, is going to win now, now, but is Kako untouchable? I don't know. If you if you want if you could trade Jack Eichel at fifty percent retained straight up for Kako Kako, you probably do it. Yeah, yeah. So is Kako untouchable? No. It just depends on on the type of deal you're making. Are we talking about Capo Caco in a deal with three or four other assets, including a first round pick and a roster player? Then no, no. If I'm if I'm going to make a package that includes a first round pick and Pavel Buchnevich, then I'm not trading Caco or Kravtsov because yeah. you're already trading one right winger. That's why I think it's either Buchnevich and Hilo or Strom and Kravtsov. And if it's Strom and Kravtsov, then maybe a better prospect. May, may, maybe instead of Robertson, you include a better prospect. Or a second prospect, or maybe mm -hmm. a second uh, draft pick, but Carco in a four or five uh, part package, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, and and I agree with you. And again, if it's Carco by himself, okay, there's like an exception there. But again, you're still going to have to figure out the money one and two. I just, from a bias standpoint, I don't want to see Kako go anywhere, obviously. You don't either. I, I think you'd probably be one of the biggest advocates to make yeah, sure yeah, he doesn't go yeah, anywhere. Of course. Of course. <laughs> You no, have but, too many jerseys you have to return, Stephen. This is the problem. I would have a lot of jerseys to give away on Twitter if that happens. <laughs> um, no, but if you look at if you look at the deal, Pavel Buchnevich makes a lot of sense in a in an Eichel trade to be part of the package at least. Strom only has one year left on his deal with Buchnevich. They can negotiate a long term deal. Um, and I remember someone saying on Twitter, "Why would Buchnevich sign in Buffalo? Buffalo." is a shit city, which I don't agree with, by the way. But look, Alex McGillney played in Buffalo for many years, and he was pretty happy there. So I think the whole, oh, he wouldn't sign there because it's a bad city, I think that's always overblown by fans. For the same reason that a lot of New Yorkers think every player wants to sign in New York because it's the, the best city in the world, that's also not true. If that was true, then every big free agent would have signed in New York over the last 30 years. There are reasons why a lot of free agents purposely avoid New York because they feel that one, they can't handle the big apple, the big city, bright spotlights. You know, that's something that's not appealing to everyone, you know, whether that's a free agent or someone being drafted. Some people take it really well and others don't. So it's all, it's all preference. And all 
it could be that it could be that or it could be a player that just has ties to a different city that that that's it too and i think what's also important about buchnevich about the whole city talk is he's an rfa okay it's not like a situation where the rangers would deal him um and say he's unrestricted and you know like that there's mm-hmm. little to no difference yeah. if you will you know he's rfa so buffalo can do as much as they can to make a deal happen and meet his needs and if that's an overpayment potentially to keep a guy like buchnevich there maybe it's an overpayment you know whatever it's going to be but no less, I think that really kind of wraps up the Eichel talk, Stephen. Um, uh, but before we say anything further, just want to thank everyone here in the chat that's watching this live currently for our episode of Rangers Review. Myself, alongside Stat Boy, Stephen, you guys know who we are by now. But Daniel here with a $10 donation. Thank you, buddy. I really appreciate that. Daniel goes on to say, I just think Eichel at $10 million AAV doesn't work with our future. I think that's a very fair statement, uh, da- Daniel. I really do. I really feel Miko would stay here on a discounted price. We keep our prospects and we fill in our needs when needed through free agency. Now, whether Mika would stand a discounted price is something that obviously would be nice, but it's not something I'm going to bet the house on only because, you know, the Rangers have had a lot of moving pieces in this organization in recent years. Mika has lost some of his closest friends within the organization, no less, whether they've been dealt or have just walked. So while I thoroughly believe he enjoys New York and enjoys the spotlight, I don't know if we can bet on him straight up taking a discount for the sake of taking a discount, if you will. But I will say that I'm not against Mika being here long-term should he stay healthy. And to me, it really all comes down to health at the end of the day. And if this was a healthy Jack Eichel versus a healthy Mika Zibanejad, I absolutely love both. But you could see benefit with a guy like Eichel knowing his age a couple of years younger. And even though that is a big cap hit, it is something that could maybe propel you to the next level. And with Mika, you have the familiarity. You know that this guy is an absolute dominant goal scorer. To see him have the amount of points he did this past season after doing absolutely nothing for the first uh, good portion of the season was remarkable. So, yeah. uh, Steven, is there anything that you'd like to add on that before we go on to our yeah. next segment here in this episode? If you acquire Eichel, you're probably not going to keep Zibanejad past 2022. Correct. So the question you would have to ask yourself as Chris Drury is, is the package I'm giving up for Jack Eichel worth the upgrade to go from Zibanejad to Eichel? Because that's what you're basically paying for. You're not paying to add Eichel to your team for five years. You're paying to upgrade from Zibanejad. Is the difference between Zibanejad and Eichel big enough to warrant that return? That's the question. Yeah, and yeah. normally I'd probably say yes, but again, we're talking about the injury and a flat cap. If yeah. this was, if you know, if this was a, a different a different timeline, you know, for the people who are watching Loki, if this was a different timeline where Jack Eichel is healthy or he makes seven million or there's no flat cap, we're not having this conversation. We're just we're just all on the Jack Eichel hype train. But the people that are cautious are cautious for a reason. And, and and like I said, and this is what we've been saying all along, there are positives here. If the Rangers land him at the right price, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, it could be a scenario where if, say, he doesn't start the year with the Rangers, maybe maybe he's out, he's out for a, a large portion of the year with injury. But at the end of the day, you're going to be okay because you know that the potential upside there is still there, hopefully. But then you also see the downsides of the scenario. We've been over all that array. So again, to everyone currently in the live stream, in the chat, live here through for this episode of Rangers Review or watch, listening on a replay, we all understand your mindsets. There's positives and the negatives here. So I'm not really choosing one side over the other. I'm, I would be ecstatic if the Rangers land him, and I'll be more than content if the Rangers don't because clearly if they don't, 
there's strong reasoning for doing so. And I, I think you can agree with that, Stephen. Yeah. And if you don't go after Eichel, there are other targets, you know, that could make more sense where you don't have to give up assets. Correct. Uh, and there's like a couple I, of big free agents coming out. A guy like Philip Deneau. Uh, yeah. If you want to improve at center, Philip Deneau is the guy you add. It also doesn't force you to move on from Zibanejad next year. If you have a, a center depth of Zibanejad, Deneau, and either Strom or Hedl, depending on who you want to go with, um, that's that's probably that's 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 good enough to make the playoffs and make some noise in the playoffs. Yes, of course we want two elite centers. Of course we want two world class centers because that's how the Pittsburgh Penguins won won three cups in the salary cap era. But then there's also the Chicago Blackhawks who won three cups with Jonathan Taves as their only real good center. What was this? Does anyone remember who the centers behind Jonathan Taves were in 2010? When when did they trade for Michael Hanzus? What year? What run was that? I think Michael Hanzus was one of them. Well, who, who's who's who is better, Michael Hanzus or Ryan Strome right now? I, I I'd say it's a little I'd say it's a little close, but I'm gonna probably go with Ryan Strome. Yeah, yeah. See, so <laughs> there's no there's no golden blueprint. Uh, golden blueprint. There's no golden formula to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. No, there, there isn't. It's, it's. I think, I think for us hockey fans, we get stuck in the mindset of how things should be because we're so obsessed with mm-hmm. what we just witnessed versus how it can be. And when you look yeah. over the history of time and how Stanley Cups and championships are won, they're all over the place. They make absolutely no exactly. sense. Okay, it, there is not a consistent connection, uh, a correlation, yeah. if you will, to go with. Okay, this happened here for this decade. That means that we should follow it going here forward. Like it all varies. But the NHL is a copycat league. They always try to copy the team that that most recently won the Stanley Cup. But you want to copy the Tampa Bay Lightning? If that's your goal, then you should do something about the Hartford Wolfpack because the number one reason the Tampa Bay Lightning won back-to-back cups is not drafting. You know, it's not free agency. It's developing players in the AHL. The Syracuse Crunch is where they built their Stanley Cups. You know, Kucherov was probably always going to be a star, but guys like Killorn, Johnson, Gord, Palat, they all came through the Syracuse crunch, and they were uh, Braden Point, Anthony Cirelli, third-round picks, fourth-round picks, fifth-round picks, seventh-round picks, undrafted free agents. They all came through the Syracuse crunch. The common denominator is that they all went through there. Do they draft well? Well, they're not drafting badly, aside from Kukuk and Connolly in the top 10, which were absolute shit picks. But their their biggest strength, in my opinion, is developing players in the AHL. And the Rangers suck at it. Before Philip Hedl, the last center to come through the Hartford Wolfpack and make an impact was probably Anisimov. We're my talking man, a 10 year gap. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about a 10 year gap where no center came through the Hartford Wolfpack and had a, a, an actual impact. Oh, Stephen, we know how abysmal the Wolfpack has been up until yeah. recent years. You know, so <laughs> you're preaching the choir there. Make the Tampa Bay Lightning. You have to fix the Hartford Wolfpack because that's the key to success for the Tampa Bay. You Lightning. have to start from the ground up. That's why we just started this thing called a rebuild. Yeah. But now we're kind of already adamant yeah. saying we're done with if this you, rebuild. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing: if you want to copy the Pittsburgh Penguins, you have to suck five years in a row and get a top five pick five years in a row because that's what they did. Ryan Whitney, Mark Andre Fleury, uh, uh, Evgeny Malkin. Sidney Crosby, Jordan Stahl. Those were five picks in a row in the top five between 2002 and 2006. Yeah. 
is that a, is that the golden formula for success? No, because the the LA Kings didn't do it that way. The Boston Bruins, yeah, only won one cup, but they made three Stanley Cup finals and they were a contender for a decade. I'll take that any day. If I can choose being a, a contender for a decade and winning one cup or winning two cups over a 15-year span but not making the playoffs in those 13 years between, I'll pick the Bruins. I'll, I'll pick what the Bruins are having. Make me a contender for a decade and get me one cup. Absolutely. It keeps you on your toes the entire time versus yeah. say a team just having this fluke run and that's an awesome high. And then the next year you come back to reality, you don't even make playoffs. It's like, you know, that in order to build a fan base and that we talked about this before in previous episodes, you need to make sure that you have a consistent winning culture. That's the only way to keep things growing. So yeah, yeah. we know I'm the only reason why I'm a Rangers fan is because of what they did during the 2010s. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, honestly, because I went right into the thick of things in 2012 game. I heartbroken as a little kid from Adam Henrique and then the rest was history. So like that is my story. I know your story goes back farther than that, but mm. you know, you're absolutely right. This is how you build winning cultures and it does vary of course but no less i think this goes back to the whole eichel situation again they just need to be strategic about what they give up if they are for whatever reason found themselves in a situation where they gave up some top prospects we know that this would not look pretty going down the road because all from the forefront it already wouldn't and i don't see how to age any better even if yeah. eichel ends up getting healthy and being a fairly significant player for the rangers yeah and the last thing i'll say before we move on um you know, regarding rebuilding, I know Ranger fans want success as soon as possible. And, you know, we're a bit impatient. But if you compare, if you compare the success the, the other teams have had in the salary cap era, the Bruins, the Kings, the Blackhawks, and the Penguins, if you look at where they started when they had their first top five draft pick up to their first Stanley Cup, the fastest was five years and it was the LA Kings. That's the fastest a team has gone from having a high pick to winning a Stanley Cup. The first high pick the Rangers had was only two years ago. You know, it's, it's okay to be patient. If we don't win the Cup in the next two years, Capo Caco is still only going to be 22. Alexi Lafreniere is only going to be 21 in two years. <laughs> That's insane. I I like it's it's crazy Fox, how young they are. It's like, it's Adam like Fox is 23 and he has a Norris trophy. I know, like it just uh, that's the beauty about hockey though, especially when you're a young stud that come in at 18 or 19. It's like, holy shit, like you're in here for a decade and you're only 27, 28. Like, are you joking? You very well could have another easily five, six, seven, six years of still playing really good, uh, actual uh, it's hockey. It's insane. I love that though. And uh, last thing I'll say about this, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, what do Mark Shifley, Matt Barzal, Claude Giroux, and Mark Stone have in common? Wait, wait, repeat that. Mark Shifley, Matt Barzal, uh, Claude Giroux, and Mark Stone. What do they have in common? Slow starts. They were still playing junior hockey oh. at the same age that Capo Caco is right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was trying to think. I know Barzell had a fantastic rookie year with Tavares, but when I was thinking of uh, both Stone and he, Stone worked himself up through like the entire organization. It took him a little bit. Shifley, mm -hmm. the same exact thing. He did not do well to begin his career. Now that was bad, but he was off to a really slow start. Their comparisons yeah. with Kako as well. Same thing with Giroux. So, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. That's a great point. So, yeah, well, just be patient. The, the, the cups will come. Yeah, we have. We have a general manager now who's actually won one as a player. 
I'm, I'm excited. I like I, I can't say this enough. As pissed off as I think we both were for good reason, um, when the immediate firings happened to an extent, mainly Gordon versus JD, even though that I didn't have an issue with JD. It's it's great knowing that we have that comfort of Chris Drury. And with that being said, I think now is a great segue in talking about more decisions upcoming for the Rangers. They have plenty. But before I do, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for being here in the live stream. If you're listening to this live again, uh, 74JDB with another $10 donation. Thank you so much for that, my friend. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you for watching. David Wellworth with another donation at 10. Thank you so much for that, my friend. It really does mean a lot. And you also say, I want to keep Robertson and Schneider. We need size and strength. The whole time Wilson incident exposed that. I agree. I, I've always been a big uh, Robertson fan ever since the Rangers drafted him. He was a first-round steal in the second round. Uh, with the Edmonton Oil Kings, as we know. So I'm I'm not against keeping Robertson. Schneider, big brain Schneider fan. I like him. I think he re- he's very reminiscent of a Jacob Truba, but, but with potentially more upside, even though I will say Truba really, really bounced back mm-hmm. for the majority of this past short season. Um, but with that being said, though, let's jump Hold in on. now. So, to- so quick, quickly about size. You know, the whole yeah. Tom Wilson incident. I think that game... Uh, you know, the, the end of the season, the Rangers really got exposed physically, but that was because we were without Kreider, Lindgren, and Truba. Yeah. So even if we add physical players, if you're without th- your three most physical players, you're still going to feel it. So let's put a, a little bit of context there. Um, but I do agree. I do agree that, that we need some more, not necessarily size, because I don't think size is that important. Ryan Lindgren is only six feet. Just grit. He's like one inch taller than, than Zach Jones and Niels Lundqvist. So let's not go crazy there. But what you need is players who who bring an edge, but also put the puck in the net. Because yeah. I don't want to end up with another Tanner Glass. I don't want to end up with a Stu Bickle. Give me Dylan a Coleman, Glass. damn it. Give me a Goudreau. Those are the those are the kinds that I am appealed to, and I know that there have yeah. been reports for the Rangers that they will be looking at guys like those in free agency. So, yeah. and I think if they don't get Eichel, and if they just address the needs for the bottom six, we're already a playoff team because that's yeah. what that's what we were missing. Let's let's face it, we were we had a fourth line with Brett Howden, which we'll get into in a second, and Brendan Lemieux, who did fuck all all season. They need to do that dirty. You might be right, but okay. No, but let's be real. I, I, I shared highlights on my Twitter account of Brett Howden just standing there when two other players are in a board battle for the puck. Yeah. And he's skating back and forth, not doing anything. Brandon Lemieux was a great fighter after the whistle. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Steven? we need to we need to improve the bottom six. I think that's that's a given. But. Okay, so let's talk about where this bomb six lands and New York Rangers legend and soon to be Seattle Kraken, Mr. Brett Howden, who signed a one-year extension with the club. And no coincidence at all that this makes him available for this year's expansion draft. As you know, Rangers fans have been gassing this man up on social media to try to get the appeal of Seattle in any way, shape, or form. Whether that comes to fruition or not, it's a different story. But again, when we the first time the Rangers did this, would it purposely assigning a guy to make him exposed? Look at a guy like Keith Kincaid, who's another perfect example that they did last offseason as well, goaltending-wise for the Rangers. So, Stephen, anything that you'd like to add about the whole bread down situation? Yeah. Uh, so, first of all, a little clarification about the expansion draft. Yeah, He was already eligible to be picked by the Seattle Kraken because any player that's not protected or exempt oh, can yeah, be correct. picked. What we're talking about here is that every team needs to expose at least two forwards 
one defenseman and one goalie that hit certain criteria. And one of the criteria for the forwards and the defensemen is that they are signed through 2021-22. The other one is they need to play a minimum number of games, either this last season or the past two seasons. Now with Howden extended, he he may meets the criteria for those two exposure spots. And uh, initially, the only two forwards that met those criteria were Colin Blackwell and Kevin Rooney. So this opens up the possibility for the Rangers to use that seventh protection slot on either Colin Blackwell or Kevin Rooney. Whether they do it, I think they will, remains to be seen. I don't know who they will use. Or will they will they go with Kevin Rooney? Solid fourth-line center for them this season. Maybe they, they like a lot of what they saw in him. Or Colin Blackwell. I know Colin Blackwell did great, but we have enough right, right wingers as it is. Well, um, is yeah. already pro protected, correct? He should Sorry? be. Gauthier is going to be protected, I would assume. No, no, no. So the way I look at it now, the the, the protection slots for forwards are Panarin, Zibanejad, uh, Bucinevich, Strom, Hedl, Kreider, and then the seventh spot is going to be Howden, Gauthier, Blackwell, or Rooney. Howden, Gauthier, Blackwell, or Rooney. Okay, so uh, damn. Uh. I I I'd say I I would still go Gautier personally. I think you got to give that guy a chance. I would I would go with Gautier as well. But the Rangers signing Howden before the ex expansion draft points to me to them protecting either Blackwell or Rooney. Otherwise, they could have waited. And the Rangers did the same thing four years ago when we had the expansion draft for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Matt Pumple signed an extension two weeks before the yeah. expansion draft, and he was one of the exposed players. Michael Gravner being the other. I was so I, I I won't forget that like that like it was yesterday because my heart was racing that Grabner was going to get taken. I was a big big Grabs fan when he was yeah. with the Rangers, just absolutely exceeded expectations with us. And then they ended but up. If you not if you look at if you look at the thought process that the Vegas Golden Knights went through, it's very similar to what the Seattle Kraken has to choose from now when it comes to forwards. Oh, of course, you know, they could have gone with Lindbergh, Fast, Grabner, or Pumple. And now it's Howden, who is that young center, uh, uh, Blackwell, who's that more experienced winger like Fast, Gautier is more like Pumple, uh, and then uh, who, did I, who did I miss? And then yeah, then the fourth forward is Rooney or Grabner. Um, so it, I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle goes with Brett Howden. He's a twenty-three-year-old. Is he twenty-three? Yeah. Yeah, it's all, about, it's all about upside. I'd have Something to imagine like in the situation. 23-year-old center, which means he's cost-controlled under, you know, he's team-controlled for four more years. If you go with Blackwell, you had get him for one year. Then he's UFA. Same with Rooney. So if you want to go for security, you go with Howden or Gauthier, and GMs generally think that centers are more valuable, so they go with Howden. And then on defense, it's going to be Batetto. Um, and then in goal, it's going to be Kincaid because Shestjorkin is exempt, so they protect Georgiev. Batetto, he still has a year left on his contract? Yeah, he signed a two-year deal last year, specifically for the expansion draft. Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm just – And then I, I, the protection I, I, spots on defense will be Truba, Lindgren, and probably Libor Hayek. Unless okay. they want to keep Batetto – and then D'Angelo would count as the uh, exposed requirement player on defense before they buy him out. 
Okay, because I was going to say that one makes sense if he's bought out beforehand. Obviously, they'll probably buy him out after the expansion draft. If they want, if they want to keep Potato, then that's that's the play to make. Okay. All right. Well, interesting, interesting. Because uh, I was thinking about Potato. I forgot if he was on a one year, two year deal, but that 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 look, adds up. Look, so look, what what I look and and we're talking about losing a fourth line player here. At at worst, worst case scenario, we're losing a fourth liner. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Wild are buying out two players so they can protect Matt Dumba. The Colorado Avalanche had to ask Eric Johnson to waive his no-trade clause for the expansion draft. Buffalo did the same with Jeff Skinner. Out of all the teams in the league, we go through two expansion drafts with no worry at all. You know, you can complain about Jeff Gordon all you want, but he set that up. And I've never, I haven't complained about Jeff Gordon nearly to the degree that I know a lot of other Rangers fans have. Don't get me wrong, this man was far from perfect, but we're we are in we the foundation has been set because of that man, and I don't think that he will ever get enough appreciation that he deserves. Same way that I know you've alluded to playing during his time in Boston, he set the table there. Okay, if it wasn't for him, they would not have had that core to have those deep runs the past decade. So again. Yeah. Uh, on a tangent here, I will say that I wish Jeff Gordon the best. Again, if he's listening, I'm, I'm assuming he is. Why wouldn't he be listening to Rangers review? And that hopefully he finds himself a good home sooner than later again in the NHL. But I'm pretty, uh, sure, I'm pretty sure a team will, will pick him up. Oh, I, I, I think I think a team would be foolish not to. But speaking of picking up, again, to go on a slight tangent, just because we haven't chatted in a bit, and a lot has happened in the hockey world since – what was your what was your stance when you saw Mr. Pierre Maguire getting hired by the auto centers? <sighs> look, he's look, off TV. Look, they, they've been in the league for 30 years. They haven't done I think they made a cup final once. Yeah. Well, no, no. Was that know, with, with Emery in that? Did they make the cup final? I'm not even sure. Yes. Yes. They absolutely. I'm I'm almost sure they absolutely did. Uh, maybe I thought they maybe. made the cup final with Emery, but they didn't win. They're probably one of the least successful teams in, since they entered the league. The hiring Pierre Maguire, um, his his last job in the NHL was 30 years ago. It was laughable. Players didn't like him. I don't know. Maybe he changed. But uh, thank you, Ottawa Senators, for getting him off my TV. That's all I say about it. Yeah, well, That's I mean, say about it. it makes sense because he was, I don't believe he was an offer to deal, whether that was with ESPN or TNT, because that's where the Angels coverage is going now, as we're aware, which I'm sure is going to be uh, something else. And, and then Look, again, out, of, that's out of all the people in the world, he must have struggled the most with social distancing. Have you seen him on TV with the interviews? <laughs> he, wants, like he, he wants to give you a little kiss. Yeah, he, he almost <laughs> hugged them. And, uh, and then, of course, the corn dog incident during the Winter Classic. That's, that's, oh, what, that's what he's most famous for. It's the best. That's There's what he's no... most famous for. Look, I'm pretty sure Pierre Maguire is a good guy. And I, if I ever run into him, I'll probably have a blast talking to him. Oh, absolutely! He, he's not. He's 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 a ball of joy. He just goes way yeah. too far. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't need to know yeah. the time of Jack Eichel's birth. Okay, like th these are the kind of information and little stats I get. People when say that I go too far sometimes, but what's you know. that? People say that I go too far sometimes. You're but... called Stat Boy, though. Yeah, yeah Stat Pierre. Maybe you have something there. It's not that, the same. That's, that's true. That's true. 
But, right. you know, look, all, all the best to Pierre Maguire in his new role. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, director of player development. Yes. It sounds like a it sounds like a good role for him. He's not directly involved with the first team, so no harm there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, the Ottawa Senators are not known for their good decisions. Again, again, this is not a uh, Ottawa Senators bashing site right now. I no. just, I just had to throw that out there. But before I say anything further, again, thank you all so much for being here. We have more donations to get from Dave Kapowitz. Three dollar donation. Love you, Dave. Check your emails, but I did email you back yesterday, I believe. And David Walworth, again, thank you for the donation. Uh, David said here that yesterday, watch another YouTube live stream. It was all thing Rangers, and they raved about how good your Rangers review show is and trying to measure up to your videos. Well, that's a great compliment. Hoping them the best. Always love to see other Ranger content creators out there for sure. Always appreciate all you guys. So appreciate the kind words. Happy to hear that. But Stephen, now we talked about the Buchnevich trade rumors already. I don't, I don't think there's anything else that we need to kind of elaborate on that. We know that the Rangers are very much shopping Buch at this point in time. And I think we'd be a fool, as we already alluded to, to say that this doesn't directly go in hand with a guy of a Jack Eichel's caliber, if you will. So I think what is now a next step and kind of getting to the end of the episode here is Let's talk about the assistant coach hires for the New York Rangers because these were fairly interesting. So, Stephen, take it, take me away on this because I want to know your feedback on it. Yeah, so uh, the Rangers announced that they hired two assistant coaches. Um, I'm blanking on the first name. Anyway, Gord Murphy is uh, yeah. the guy who was the assistant coach in Hartford the last couple of years. Uh, he worked with Gerard Galland in Florida and in Columbus. So there's a history there. They know each other. Uh, but also important, in my opinion, is Gord Murphy worked closely with Chris Drury. Chris Drury was the general manager in Hartford. And as you may remember, when David Quinn was out with COVID for two weeks, we had an interim coaching staff behind the bench. Yeah. And it was Chris Knobloch, Gord Murphy, and Chris Drury. So, yeah, so they had plenty of time to chat up some more. Exactly, exactly. So I think, and we all saw what happened to the Rangers in that two-week span. They they were playing like they were playing like a contender. We won Knobloch for coach of the year. We, yeah, so we exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think it was the same time when Adam Fox made that made that goal line save, and we were joking about that he should get Vezina votes. Yeah. That that, that team under Knobloch was fun to watch. They were they were dominating games. Zibanejad was was just playing around with the Philadelphia Flyers. It was it was great and. Um, and when Quinn came back, it was better than you know earlier in the season under Quinn. But I think Gord Murphy earned this earned this job, and his history with Gerard Gallant probably plays into it. Uh, and the other one, oh, what's his name? Mike Kelly. Mike Kelly. Sorry, Mike Kelly was uh, the assistant of Gallant in Florida and in Vegas. Uh, so again, uh, a hire that Gallant has fam has is familiar with, has worked together with him. I think these are good hires, and I'm happy that they go this route and and not do what they did with Lindy Ruff and Jacques Martin, because when they when they when Lindy Ruff uh, was like the the odd man out in in Quinn's coaching staff, Quinn brought his coaching staff over from Boston uh, Boston University, and Lindy Ruff was like you know when. When, when all your friends hang out at a bar and there's like this other dude that everyone vaguely knows but nobody really likes, that's what it almost felt like that Lindy Ruff was going through. Yeah. And then Jacques Martin, yes, I was happy with how he 
reshape the defense, but you don't want to go through that again. You don't want to hire a coach and then have a, an assistant coach left over from the previous regime. So I understand why they moved on from him and let Galan, you know, pick his, pick his own coaches. He went with uh, guys he worked with before. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's, uh, what's going to happen. I don't know who the third guy is going to be. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe Chris Drury pulls one out of the hat and goes with uh, Dan Girardi, who I was the coach in Buffalo. Took, took the damn words out of my ma- mouth, Stephen. I, I mean, we've already seen these uh, connections. Uh, whether I, I think it was Larry Brooks that originally over the past month or two came out that said that they're Rangers that could be a consideration. Look, I, it upsets me. Let me just go on a little rant here, Stephen, because Danny G. This guy in his prime was one of the best shutdown defensemen the Rangers have had in a while, okay? Him, a young Ryan McDonough, Mark Stahl didn't get any better than that. They threw Ovi around like it was nothing. I remember those days. So much fun, okay? Oh, and, and remember what Ovechkin said, that Dan Girardi was the hardest defenseman to play against. My point, but here's the yeah. thing. Danny G did not have a good end to his tenure with the Rangers. We're aware of that. This guy was barren and beaten. Things were not looking good, and his utilization just wasn't right. He was looking a lot like what Truba looked like his first year with the Rangers, more so like a pylon out there. He was getting beat one-on-one, and Girardi was always notorious for whenever he had the damn puck. He didn't know how to take it out of the zone. He always took it down center. I don't know what his real – I don't know what made him do that, but that was just always a Danny G thing. But no less, I saw a lot of comments about the whole point of him becoming an assistant as a negative from his end of his tenure with the Rangers. I'm like – you're a fool. This guy's so young. He has experience. We know what he did with Tampa as well, where he finished his career. He would be fantastic on the defensive side of things for the Rangers to give some input. You can't tell me otherwise. Look, and and what it comes down to for me with coaches is that they need to be able to relate to the players. We all saw what happened with Wayne Gretzky in Arizona, right? Wayne Gretzky, best player ever. There's no he- debate. Yeah, I know some Penguins fans say that Mario Lemieux was better, but no. Staying healthy is, is part of it. Unfortunately, Wayne Gretzky, best player ever. He didn't really do anything noteworthy as a, as a coach for the Coyotes. And this is where coaching and playing is different. Um, the Rangers have Jed Ortmeier and Tanner Glass as uh, player development uh, people in the organization. Those are the players you want in that position because they had to work to make it to the NHL. You know, they weren't first or second overall picks that got to the NHL uh, based on talent alone. You know, and, I don't want to go over Brooks here, but players like Girardi, he was undrafted. He had to work his way up from the OHL to the AHL to the NHL. He had to work hard. He's he's a kind of guy that behind the bench, he knows how to talk to um, a kid like Morgan Barron. You know, he knows how to talk to a kid like Ryan Lindgren because they, they, they didn't they didn't get a position in the NHL handed to them at age 18, 19. And Jordan, um, so, as we know, was a guy that was completely undrafted that just worked his tail off to get where he was with the Rangers yeah. in their top four. Like that is the kind mm-hmm. of guy that you're alluding to right now that's perfect. You don't need to pitch a yeah. perfect guy. Gretzky, we know, was a terrible coach and it went directly in hand with him not able to understand others because he was just always on another level. So he didn't go through those same hardships. Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, I, when I work in it and I try to explain something to my grandma, it's difficult to explain it because I skip all these steps because to me, they're unnecessary. Exactly. For my grandma, she doesn't get there without all those steps in between. And 
that's how I feel like these 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 top players uh, trying out as a coach and it just not working. And maybe that's it. But Dan Girardi, he was uh, interim coach in Buffalo for a couple of weeks this season. Um, he was in the organization already. He got promoted from within. So he worked to get there. If they hire him as an assistant coach, I'm happy with that. Yeah, no, I, I am too. And again, that kind of went into my ran a little bit because I just think that Gerard, and again, this of course there's bias. You know, I, I'm I'm a diehard Rangers fan who grew up during a guy like Girardi's peak in his career. So I will always have a soft spot for him. But I do think that the all-star game. What's that? I, I think he was in the all-star game one year too. What uh, same year with uh Lundquist. I think uh, so, they yeah. were wearing those really, really sick white and red ones. Though that's when the All-Star Game jerseys didn't look like dog shit <laughs> that they've been yeah. looking like in recent years, to put it lightly. Like that that's when they look cool. I it had to have been 2012, 2011 or 2012. Probably, yeah. 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 And Gabby was part of it too, because I remember when Gabrick scored on Longquist and, and, and Hank was like, Oh my God. Like, come on, give me a break over here. Um, but yeah, yeah so I I'm trying to think of okay, so Kind of let's segue now as we're about to conclude the stream and the latest episode of Rangers review. What is next for the Rangers? Because, Stephen, uh, enlighten me again the dates of the expansion because I know that they're coming up very soon. And then also getting into then I think next episode, which should be a week from now, we'll be talking about everything leading up to the actual NHL draft because that is going to be absolutely huge for them. Um, really, really exciting time. And we know trades inevitably happen during the draft. At least they probably will. But the expansion is going to have a fairly big say in going forward, uh, not so much for the Rangers, but other teams. So let's just run down quick. What is next for this Rangers team over the next week and then eventually two weeks? Yeah, I, uh, there's a, there's going to be a trade freeze starting, I think, on Saturday. Uh, so teams have a couple more days to make trades with Seattle uh, for the purpose of the expansion draft, as we saw four years ago with Vegas. Yep. All these little side deals, uh, giving up first-round picks to make sure that certain players are protected. I'm pretty sure there will be deals like that again. Probably not as many as four years ago. Uh, but the expansion draft is on Wednesday the 21st. Uh, and then the entry draft, uh, it, they went back to the normal schedule. Round one's on Friday. Round two is on Saturday. I know last year they did it differently. I think it was a, a Tuesday, a Monday and a Tuesday. Uh, but next week, Friday is round one. And then we'll know if we still have the 15th overall pick or not. And then Saturday is round two, which for me is always the more interesting day of the draft because, you know, you go into like six rounds in, in the span of three, four hours. So it's pretty fast, but it's a lot they of fun. speed it up a little, to put it lightly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I do miss attending the draft. Uh, it's the last draft I attended because of the whole pandemic, of course, was 2019. I was in Vancouver. Day one was great. Day two was even better. Uh, if when everything goes back to normal and they're going to host a draft again and people have a chance to go, please just if you can only get tickets for day two, still go. You know, you, all the players that are that are picked on day one are usually there on day two. You can just walk up to them; they're there with their families. They're just hanging out. Uh, I remember two years ago, I had like a, a thirty-minute conversation with Elliot Friedman because he's just there walking around, and you know, they're just they're just hanging out. It's a great experience if you if you want to interact with some people, if you just want to experience it. Day two of the NHL draft is a lot of fun. Um, do you know yet uh, where next year's draft is going to be? 
Uh, no, I think I think they announced it after the draft, but hopefully next year there will be fans allowed again. I think they are they doing it virtual again this year. They might be just because I know that the NHL is uh, expected, or at least uh, it's going to it's going to vary with Canada because Canada is a whole other you know battle. But I know that for the states, we very well should be having around full. I'd assume we're going to be back to full capacity in this year's fall. They're going to yeah, go back they're, they're to going to do a video conference. Sorry, the, okay. The, the NHL draft is going to be video conference again. So I was saying though, because I know that we talked literally from the first. I think one of the first times that you and I have interacted, we talked about your draft experiences. So hopefully, uh, for next year for 2022, we can actually, as part of Rangers Review, take a trip, go to the draft. That'll be a lot of fun. Again, oh, we do a recording on location. That would be. Fun. We can record on location. That'd be awesome. So again, we'll worry yeah. about that when the time comes. But just kind of food for thought, if you will. But that being said, Stephen, I think we hit everything that there had been discussed today. Again, Tony D'Angelo is a pending guy that will be bought out by the Rangers. I guess we'll find out probably after expansion, as Stephen already said here, that will be made official. Um, and see what happens there. But no less, it's exciting time for the Rangers. Exciting time in the hockey world. Season is over. Stanley Cup winner is, in fact, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Surprise, surprise, back-to-back champs now. And now we're heading into the expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken, they're going to have a very uh, exciting start to their young careers uh, for Seattle overall. And the Seattle Kraken are doing something really cool with their preseason games. And what is that? Uh, they're playing their three preseason home games in uh, the arenas of the local WHL teams. Oh, that's Seattle, cool. Seattle Thunderbirds, uh, Spokane Chiefs, and the Everett Silvertips. And I know I like that it. you would love to be at the Thunderbirds. Yeah, right? well, I've been, I've been to a Silvertips game too, and, and the Silvertips arena is much better. Uh, the Everett Silvertips arena is much better than okay. the Seattle Thunderbirds one. But I like how they basically pay homage to – what made this possible like nhl hockey in the pacific northwest nhl hockey in seattle the main reason it's possible is because of those junior hockey teams and their fan bases that have supported this team from the moment it was announced so i like that they do this for the preseason games that they go to like the 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 junior hockey arenas and this is only like five or six thousand seats in some of these arenas but it's going to be a great experience yeah, that's really cool. I didn't even, I didn't even know that. So there you go. Yeah. I learned something new today. But again, I want to say thank you so much to everyone that has been here throughout the live stream. Awesome time. We love doing these. Expect us to to continue doing these, and we'll be revamping a lot of things as we get into the season. Trust me, a lot of things are coming, guys. Just been slow moving off season. All this stuff, we got all these things going on. But again, I appreciate everyone that's watching this live or on replay, listening wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure to smash that like button if you're new to the channel as well, watching this live on YouTube. But Stephen, any final words before we get out of here, my friend? Uh, I don't know if there are any questions from people, but uh, from me, there's nothing. No. Okay. I think, you know what, maybe we can take, cause we're at five eleven right now. I can go for, we can take like five minutes worth of questions. So sure. we'll open up a quick Q and a have no problem doing that. I know people have been asking questions endlessly. And again, guys, we're not going to get everyone's questions. So please don't be upset. Okay. It's nothing personal. We just got to cut it down. Actually realistic with the time. Okay. So no less, Steven, um, if you're, if you're watching this, if you're able to see the comments, but I'll start reading through, if not, then I'll start reading through myself. Not a problem um hold on yeah if you could if you could read it because you know otherwise i have to switch tabs and okay no problem give me one second
Uh, Goudreau or Coleman? I say yes. Uh, either of them. Yes. <laughs> I, I've been a fan of both of them. Uh, Coleman, I think, is going to be too costly, but Goudreau, I think, could be far more realistic. Um, yes. Yes. Sign me, sign me up. Um, yeah, I'd probably go with Goudreau because he's a better fit for the bottom six, and I think Coleman wants a top six role. Yeah. And, and again, one of those things where if Coleman can um, perform that way, We'll see what happens, but he has been a big, big part, as we know, for Tampa since they acquired him at the deadline last season. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. Um, let's see. Uh, reading more of your comments here, guys. Um, let's see. Uh, I go for Fox straight up. Hell to the no. <laughs> um, for Fox. No, 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 no. I'm not no, trading a 23-year-old Norris Trophy winner for a center. No. No, that that's just that's just a silly comment in my opinion. Respectfully, respectfully. Uh, thoughts on training for Stamkos and say Eichel not happening. Um, Tampa's going to make the cap work. Uh, I think that's kind of you know, I think we can all agree on that. I don't see Stammer going anywhere this offseason. He's going to they're going to have to let players walk in Tampa, even if they they're going to let go of Goudreau and Coleman, and they probably still have to lose a player with a significant salary. And they have guys that have significant salaries, however. I don't know the term. I'm sure at least one of them has become – actually, no. I know that Kalorn, Palat, um, Yanni Gord, a Johnson, all these guys are like upwards of five mil on their cap yeah. hit. They're going to have to lose at least one, preferably two of those, on top of Coleman and and, and some of them do have clauses, however, too. So they're going to have to ask them for probably the 10-team list or whatever it's going to be. I remember yeah. Johnson, as we know, was uh, originally put on waivers and cleared waivers going into the season, yeah. remember? Because they just needed a toy and mm-hmm. try to make things work. And lo and behold, he still had an important role on the club, no less. The only forwards in Tampa that don't have a no trade clause are the ones that are ineligible for a no trade clause because they're under twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Every other player in Tampa, every other forward there has a no trade clause. So. Yeah. Um, uh, see a comment here. Dan Darren Dreger just report Eichel linked to Wild. Yes, yes. What? Obviously, if you're the Wild are going to eat all that dead uh, money now going forward with those terrible contracts of Suter and Parise. They're doing uh, it for yeah, exactly, and it. it one thousand percent goes in hand also with uh Kuro Kaprizov, uh Kaprizov's situation. Uh they need to work around him in order to keep him there and also make sure that they give him the bag. Uh another comment here from James says if the Rangers keep pick 15, then who do you think that they will pick? We kind of alluded to this a little bit. Um, I'm kind of more at the point where I don't think that they're gonna pick, but you're asking if they do pick. So Steven, I'll ask you who you think is going to be most realistic for them because since the last time we talked, I, I just I still feel very up in the air about it. Um I know that um there's one guy that stands out to me, but that's really about it for certain that like I would personally like, but not so much what the Rangers would probably go with. Who? Um uh, uh, Ratu. Is it is it a rat? Starts with an R. Oh, I did to Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I I think if he falls because he was viewed as a consensus top five pick mm-hmm. for a couple of years now, um, that he I think that would be a solid option for the Rangers. I, I like the chances of him falling too. I think that's a point where the Rangers, where they're going forward, they they can go for a guy that has maybe a little bit more boomer bust, but mm-hmm. I think that's a guy like him. So that's why I'm like, take yeah. a little bit of a risk, should you wish. Like the Rangers have heavily invested in their in their junior hockey scouting the last couple of years, so it might pay off with a pick from one of the WHL, OHL, or QMJHL teams. Uh, Pinelli, who uh, plays, I think, for the Kitchener Rangers, uh, played in in Europe last season. 
Um, it was another guy who, uh, what's his name? His name. It wasn't McTavish. It was the other one. Uh, anyway, there was another guy that we played in in Switzerland all season. Okay. Um, there are a lot of centers in the 15, 15th overall range that the Rangers could go for. Uh, Fyodor Svechkov uh, from Lada Togliadi, who signed with uh, SKA in the KHL. He would be a good candidate. Uh, Zachary Bolduch has been uh, has been mentioned. He played with Lafreniere in Rimouski. I don't think he's going to be a, a great pick because he doesn't really stand out to me. Uh, but yeah, there are options. Uh, I, it just depends on what the Rangers want to go with. I, I thought they were going to pick a center last year, and they traded up for Braden Schneider. So. <laughs> just like we all expected. <laughs> who knows? Who knows who they're going to pick? If Jesper Wallstedt, the goalie, is there at 15, they'll probably go with him. Because even though we have Igor Shesturkin, a goalie like Jesper Wallstedt is on the level of Vasilevsky, Price, and some of the younger uh, goalies, like Spencer Knight and Yaroslav Askarov. I was just going to mention Askarov. He's he's this year's Askarov. I think Volstead is better than Askarov and Spencer Knight. Ooh. So that, if he, Spencer if, better than Spencer's bold. Yes. So. If if he if he drops to fifteen, even though we have Shestorkin for the next five six years, I wouldn't mind going with Volstead, even though I'm always opposed to drafting a goalie in the first round. I just hope they go with the center because we desperately need one. Uh, my favorite is Svechkov because I think he's similar to Anton Lundell, who, as you know, I, I rate very highly. He should have been a top five pick last year. I, Antoine Lundell, I was drooling over. from. And the I think he's I proven that this him. season that he should have been a top five pick. The way he's played in Finland, I think he's going to be a star in Florida. Absolutely. Uh, he's going to be so much fun to watch with Sasha Barkov under his wing. Yeah. Uh, but one final comment we'll be taking, guys, and then we'll be getting out of here today. So I apologize. I really do. But um, let's see here. So last comment we'll be doing is, could Landeskog be an option for the Rangers if they don't get Eichel? He's very capable of playing center. Yeah. Um, it's probably something people haven't thought about, but uh, my fiance's brother brought this up actually yesterday. Uh, we were talking about options for center. And Landeskog has taken a lot of face-offs. He's defensively responsible. Very yes, responsible. He's played left wing his entire NHL career, but the way he plays, it's not out of the question, you know. Um, and the most important thing for for centers is that they are responsible defensively and they're good at face-offs. Yep. Landeskog's face-off percentage is, I think, over fifty percent. He'd be the only one on the Rangers if he, because uh, this is the thing with the Rangers, you know, when it comes to face-offs, I. Aside from them winning a cup, the thing I want to see most is for the Rangers to have a face-off percentage over 50% again because it's been 13 years now. The Rangers haven't had a face-off percentage for a whole season over 50% since 2008. Mm-hmm. It's been 13 years. It's time. We need to get some, some guys in that can win a face-off or hire someone who can teach them. The Washington Capitals hired Michael Pecker. He helped their centers win faceoffs. Just do something. But Landis Cog at center, I'm not against it. It's uh it's a bit out of the box, but it could work. If you you can get him for free, so you're not pick you're not giving up a package that you would for Eichel. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with you. And I it'd be interesting instant, to see what instant captain material. That's that's another point. And we already know what he looks like in a Rangers jersey because he played in Kitchener uh, when he was in juniors. 
I, I want to say one thing finally on Lance Gog, and then we'll we'll get out of here. We'll end it. Is Gabriel? I've always admired him. Remember, he was the youngest captain in the NHL until Connor McDavid came in the league a couple years later. Uh, he's been a, a great leader in that locker room for sure. Has dealt with some injuries throughout his career, but again, that defensive mindset is what I like most about him by far. He's not going to be your you know consistent point getter. He's really benefited from the guys around him in that top six. There's no doubting that. I would yeah. expect a some uh, a de- slight regression at least. Uh, but no less, I would very much be in favor of Lance Scott. I got the right price. I think he's a guy that could very much help his team kind of still stay well-rounded, and he does have that grit to his game. He has size to the body um, that is always appealing. So, Stephen, I, I think that that really is it. We're done answering questions. I apologize, guys. That's going to do it here if you're watching live. So I wish all of you a great rest of your day. Appreciate you chiming in. And, Stephen, let's go Rangers, my friend. Let's go Rangers.